Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 25 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today addresses the recent KPMG scandal. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. In today's episode, I'm going to try to re- unravel and review the KPMG scandal. Uh, the scandal revealed an incredible culture of cheating. Uh, at the highest levels of KPMG and the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board uh, staff. In total, six people have been charged or pled guilty so far. Interestingly, there are still senior officials who are under investigation. Several weeks ago, the government announced the indictment of five individuals and the guilty plea by a sixth individual. And on the same day, the SEC announced the filing of civil charges against the same five individuals and a settlement with the one individual who was cooperating. Just to set the stage, the PCAOB is a nonprofit corporation that reports to the SEC and inspects the audit work performed by registered accounting firms such as KPMG. Annually, the PCAOB inspects the largest accounting firms. As part of its regular inspection process, the PCAOB chooses a selection of audits performed by the accounting firm for an audit or like a closer review. The PCAOB maintains a list of audits to be inspected and does not notify the accounting firms of the audits to be inspected and the issues to be examined or other aspects of the inspection until shortly before the inspection is announced. Following the inspection, the PCAOB issues uh, an inspection report containing any negative findings or comments with respect to how the specific audits were conducted. Uh, The PCAOB sends these inspection reports to the SEC that has the ultimate authority uh, with regard to the uh, auditing firms. So as outlined in the criminal indictment, and this was returned in the uh, Southern District of New York, uh, the government alleges that KPMG audit professionals and PCAOB employees shared confidential audit inspection information in advance in order for KPMG to game the inspection system. The details as outlined read like a Netflix crime drama, and I use Netflix because I just watched Ozark and paint an unfortunate picture of KPMG and PCAOB performance and commitment to uh, law-abiding behavior. Historically, the PCAOB has cited KPMG for a number of audit deficiencies, and KPMG led the list of deficient audit practices and related comments noting uh, deficiencies in their uh, audit practices. To address this problem, going this is going back in time to 2015, and to try to improve its performance, KPMG sought to hire former PCAOB employees. Unfortunately, this hiring initiative quickly turned into a means to obtain confidential PCAOB audit inspection plans so that KPMG could devote additional efforts to specific audits that were supposed to be unknown to KPMG in advance. So now let's talk about some of the characters here. Uh, Two PCAOB employees, Brian Sweet and Cynthia Holder, were hired by KPMG. 
A third PCAOB employee, Jeffrey Wada, sought a job with KPMG, but the scheme was uncovered before he could get hired. Brian Sweet pled guilty and agreed to cooperate with the government's investigation. Besides pleading guilty and cooperating, Sweet also entered into a partial settlement with the SEC, agreeing to a permanent bar from appearing or practicing before the SEC as an accountant. The KPMG partners at the center of the fraud and conspiracy included David Middendorf, the head of KPMG's Department of Professional Practice and National Managing Partner for Audit Quality and Professional Practice Group, Thomas Whittle, a KPMG audit partner and national partner in charge for quality measurement, and David Britt, a KPMG audit partner. So the Justice Department and the SEC both alleged that three KPMG partners lured three PCAOB employees, that being Brian Sweet, Cynthia Holder, and Jeffrey Wada, who are all certified public accountants, into the conspiracy with promises of jobs at the accounting firm in exchange for stolen confidential information. Sweet and Holder were later hired by KPMG. Wada remained at the PCAOB. Once at KPMG, Sweet and Holder's jobs were then threatened if they did not continue to provide the confidential information. Whittle himself reported to Mittendorf, and Britt reported to KPMG's chief auditor, who was not named in the indictment, but who also reported to Mittendorf. Not named in the indictment is the firm's vice chair of audit and Mittendorf's boss. KPMG fired that individual last year, along with everyone else, when the scheme was first uncovered. So Mittendorf, Whittle, Britt, Sweet, and Holder were terminated by KPMG in April of last year, uh, as I mentioned when the scheme was uncovered, along with KPMG's top U.S. audit practice executive. WADA left the PCAOB in March 2017. 2017. Beginning in 2015, And going back now, let's review some of the facts. When Sweet was about to leave the PCAOB and take a job at KPMG, Sweet copied confidential PCAOB documents, including manuals and guidance, comments issued in connection with audit inspections on which Sweet had worked, and a list of KPMG engagements to be inspected that year in 2015. In his first week at KPMG, Middendorf asked Sweet, which KPMG engagements were going to be audited. Later that same week, Middendorf reminded Sweet to remember where Sweet's paycheck came from and to be loyal to KPMG. Whittle also asked Sweet for the list of engagements to be inspected by the PCAOB in 2015. Whittle reminded Sweet that Sweet was most valuable to KPMG at that moment and would soon be less valuable. The next day, Whittle requested the list and Sweet sent it to him. Whittle then sent the list to Middendorf. So in addition to sharing the 2015 list of PCAOB inspections at KPMG, Sweet also told at least one KPMG engagement partner who had not yet received notification from the PCAOB that the partner's engagement would be subject to inspection. He also showed a 2015 PCAOB inspection planning spreadsheet to additional KPMG partners, using it to explain why the PCAOB had selected certain audits for inspection. After joining KPMG, Sweet then sought to have K- 
KPMG hire Cynthia Holder, who was then working at the PCAOB. Holder provided Sweet with a confidential comment requested by Sweet. In one other instance, Sweet talked Holder out of writing a comment on a KPMG inspection. Holder also gave Sweet advance notice that the PCAOB would be canceling one of its inspections and not replacing it. Holder was eventually hired by the KPMG in July of 2015. Now, before leaving, what did she do? Of course, she copied confidential documents onto a thumb drive and copied it to her home computer. Jeffrey Wada, a PCAOB employee, was disgruntled because he failed to receive a promotion. He shared with Holder 12 issuers uh, audited by KPMG that would be inspected. Mittendorf, Britt, Whittle, and Sweet used this list of 12 to initiate additional reviews or re-reviews of these 12 audits to protect KPMG's monitoring program. Britt told a KPMG partner that his engagement would be inspected and not to tell any other members of the audit team. The re-reviews of the 12 audits detected problems with some of the audits, and KPMG took actions to improve the audits prior to the inspection based on this inside information. In January 2017, WADA read to Holder a preliminary list of audits that would be inspected. Holder shared the information with Sweet, who in turn told Whittle and Britt. Whittle and Britt notified KPMG partners who were handling the audits to be inspected in the future. The next month, February 2017, WADA read Holder a list of approximately 50 stock ticker symbols, which was the full list of KPMG audits to be inspected by the PCAOB in 2017. Holder again shared it with Sweet, who in turn shared it with Mittendorf, Whittle, and Britt. These three KPMG partners then shared this information with certain engagement partners. The ongoing conspiracy started to unravel in February 2017 when a KPMG partner was informed by Sweet that the partner's engagement would be audited by the PCAOB, and the information then was reported to KPMG's general counsel. KPMG attorneys then reached out to Sweet and Holder, who proceeded to attempt an elaborate cover-up that included lies, deleted emails, and Sweet burning the true copy of the 2017 inspection list. The general counsel's office was monitoring their email, so there was more deleting of files, but not all of it, as that would appear suspicious. Holder deleted all of her texts to WADA and suggested to Sweet that they get burner telephones. Holder also suggested that she and Sweet could communicate through their spouse's cellular telephones to avoid detection. Finally, Holder suggested that she and Sweet use a code to communicate. They agreed that either one could communicate by posting a photo relating to a specified college football team on Instagram, following which they would each dial in to a designated KPMG conference call number. DOJ and the SEC suggest that many others knew or should have known when the lists of potential inspections were discussed at lunches and meetings and in emails that the information came from illegal access to confidential PCAOB data by these former employees of the regulator now working at KPMG. The alleged scheme also required a joint effort by the named defendants, but also the complicity of others in the firm, including partners referred to in the DOJ indictment as Partner 1, Partner 2, Partner 3, and Partner 4, 
who were explicitly told by Sweet that their audits would be inspected before the formal announcement came from the PCLB, and used that information then to fix audits ahead of these inspections, including audits at seven KPMG bank clients. I suspect that if any of the currently charged defendants pleads guilty and agrees to cooperate, the government would be able to charge some of these additional individuals and higher-ups in in the KPMG organization. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkoflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you.